Uh, big welcome to the show, to the voice of England, Mr. Graham Woodward. Graham, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good, Brett. How are you? Yeah, yeah, we're not too bad now. There's that voice. <laughs> there's there's, there's that a voice. voice, you know. Uh, so, so, so as people can uh, place that voice a bit better, uh, you do all the announcing for all the England Test matches? That's right, yeah, England Test matches um, since 2013. Um, and prior to that, I've done about eight, nine years of uh, domestic T20, so travelling around doing the games that were covered on TV. Um, and as well as that, before that, and still at Sussex, and also again for the last five, six years, pretty much most games at Lords. This is weird, having a conversation with someone that normally doesn't have conversations. As an announcer, you just say, <laughs> you know, whatever, you make your announcements, and the new batsman is, and all that kind of stuff. So it does seem a bit weird to be uh, interacting with such a familiar voice. <laughs> I apologise now for being actually dull in real life. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, having spent time with you, I know that's not true. <laughs> um, so, at the moment, you're, you're obviously Lord's end of day two. I suppose frustrating and good cricket as well. Some fantastic cricket, actually, yes. Um, and, and to be honest, the weather forecast was kind of totally wrong. Got it the wrong way around, but we've had... Um, so good play. We actually started today in gorgeous sunshine. I mean, I think um, I'm sure many people watching the streams that are covering the match. Um, and yeah, we've had all seasons, but I can tell you tonight at quarter to six, just as um, Brown and Cookie went to walk out to the middle, they'd have been delighted that once they got to the middle, it was too dark. It was honestly, it was like winter out there. And didn't have to face those three overs because they would have been uh, lethal. <laughs> I, I, I was actually watching the stream and I, I just turned around to Darren. I was just like, "Look how dark it is!" Yeah, <laughs> it just it went was. from nowhere, didn't it? It, it really was um, yeah, ultra dark. One of the darkest I've seen, you know, at any time. But obviously, the umps want to go out to the middle and take their reading and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was one of those things only in cricket that they actually got to the middle. Everyone <laughs> got in place, then walked straight off again. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, common sense would have said, "Look, just don't bother." What's the atmosphere been like there over the last day? I'd say. I mean, it's the first cricket that's been played at Lords this year, I believe, or first class cricket anyway. Um, yeah, it is. It's very yeah. It's very strange, and obviously, there's all the all the rebuilding work taking place on the nursery end of the ground. So the whole of that shut off. Um, so, yeah, regardless of the situation, obviously, we'd have had that as a factor this year anyway. Hmm. Um, it is. It's very strange. It's very eerie. And I mean, I, I did the first three test matches of the summer, and then um, they decided that we weren't needed. Um, and it's very eerie, but having covered a lot of cricket over the years, in the, you know, particularly at Lords, where you do get championship games, where although there's you know a couple of thousand people in, it, it seems very quiet. You know, and it's the yeah. same at the Oval Edge, Baston grounds like that. Um, I think the players have probably got used to it because I think one of the, the the factors of having the PA announcer in the first place, um, talking to Richard Kettleborough after the, the, the Test match. Um, at uh, Emirates Old Trafford, he was, you know, he said actually it does kind of give a a real feeling to the game, you know, that because there's so much that isn't, and obviously for the players, I think they've had to adapt to that, and I think um, obviously they would have got used to just playing very quiet uh, with quiet conditions, which must have been weird in the blast. Yeah, I had a few games yeah. played music, but that, but I think that was probably where it really would have hit home. Um, Sorry, go on. No, no, it's but very strange, but it's just unfortunate because I know that this was originally planned to have a couple of days for test crowds, you know, of, of testing, um, having, you know, a thousand or two thousand in, yeah. which in hindsight, and this is what we said, unfortunately, you know, some of the, some of the situation, you know, obviously following government guidelines and stuff, but, you know, a thousand people in Lords 
you know, you put that into context to a thousand people in Taunton, Hove, or Chelmsford. Yeah, it's very, very different, um, and it's just a shame we couldn't do it. And uh, but you know, obviously, with the way that times are, uh, fully understandable. You know, for the spectator or the TV watcher. Um, it's quite interesting. It's a bit like football that you can hear a lot more of what's going on out in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and you can hear the sort of, uh, you know, th the chat that goes on and, um, and, and also learn a few nicknames that you never knew existed as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's probably a bit, people hearing a bit more than some of the players would like <laughs> in both football and cricket. But uh, yeah, no, it is. It's great. And I mean, one of the advantages that we tend to have when, particularly on the internationals, we tend to have the stump mic. And you can hear it a lot clearer. Mm. Um, and I know the last year or two, you know, the TV audiences have got that if you really listen closely. And the commentators sometimes uh, pick up on that. But you do get to see the games in a completely different light. And, and I think a few of the players have probably realised and, and cottoned on to the fact that they've got to be a bit more careful what they say. Whereas yeah. maybe if you, if you aren't so worried, you know. <laughs> I guess you must sense, you, you get the feeling of players getting sort of elated and then feeling quite flat much quicker than you would in a normal game. Yeah, very much. I think they're just everyone's just aware of the, of the times. Uh, and you know, we were discussing yesterday about celebrations and you know what players are doing and what they should do. And then obviously the time where they, you know, just the the moment they actually forget, you know, they forget the situation. And obviously, you know, the team bonding nine times out of ten is you know they're you know very close to guys and you know they want to celebrate. And there was a great moment today where Byron got his hundred. Um, and he, I mean, he played superbly. First time I've actually seen him play live, and he played some fantastic shots. Got his hundred, and his reaction. And I, at the time, I just thought, you know, it just goes to show how much it does mean. You know, when when you're watching the cricket, which is you know is so um, quiet and, and and different and ordinary, and you almost think you're just watching a, a non-event, and then you get something special like that happens, and the emotion that he showed when he got his century. Um, brings you know brings you back to how important it is yeah. you know for these players uh, you know and for the game. I can remember getting my first hundred. Um, unfortunately, it was on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> we just on had a listener um, on Yarmouth Beach. <laughs> well, funny you should talk about that part of the world. We've just had uh, one of our regular listeners, uh, Mr. Dan Hagger, has just messaged in, uh, and he said, "Did you know Graham Woodward also does the mic at the National Banger Racing Final?" At Ipswich, he does. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He, he didn't say he did it well. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> you do everything well. You do everything well. You, oh, you've you. got a few uh, sporting strings to the bow, isn't there? I do. Yes. My, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've always had a great love of sport, and um, I kind of try and specialise in sort of a few areas. Um, although that's open to debate. But yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of, I've been quite lucky since I started this. Yeah, a very young age um, I've kind of stayed with those sports and uh, it's funny to mention because the, the motor racing the stock cars that I've done has kind of added a bow recently because uh, it's got it's uh, a TV online channel which has gone particularly uh -huh. well which is about one the one good thing to come out of COVID because obviously people have wanted to be entertained at home but uh, I think it what, what it kind of shows and I was talking to this with one of my colleagues today actually is it's being able to to do lords and then go and do that or one of the other things obviously is horse racing and greyhound racing which i've also done mm. um you know being able to commentate on a dog race or a stock car race and then the next day doing a test match at lords and i, I think 
that's the one thing I always try and say to people. It's, be, it's you know, the, uh, being versatile within the job uh, and being able to adapt to the surroundings. And I remember the very first time I did Lords after taking over from, from the great Johnny Dennis, who, who was the voice of English cricket for many years, was that when I did Lords, I didn't want people to notice. I didn't want people to turn around and say, oh, this bloke's very good. Equally, obviously, I didn't want them to turn around and say, who on earth's this? <laughs> I just wanted it to be natural. You know, I just wanted it to almost go unnoticed. How did it happen? Um, did someone ring you up and say, um, you are going to be the next, or did you have to go through some kind of selection process? Or Well, no, it was it was because of my, I'd, I'd been involved, um, obviously, with T20, which is how I got to know the guys at Essex so very well, and Brett, indeed, and, uh, and funny enough, have a close association with, with Somerset and, and Essex because we did so many T20 games mm. during that time in, in, in those venues. And um, I'd, the story had gone that I'd done Sussex from uh, when I was 18, 19, uh, and kind of fell into the role as I fell into the other sports that I, I did. Uh, and I, I basically got, um, I did a media course, uh, which was equivalent to A-levels, but turned down university because I'd actually already covered two and a half years of the syllabus mm. but i kind of fell into the job really um and then while i was at sussex um this is going back to the days you know we're talking now 1963 no maybe not quite but no <laughs> when, you know, late, uh, you know, late 90s 2000 and just when floodlit cricket and was coming in um and started to take over and uh, and once t20 started it was yeah you know, it was decided that they wanted a neutral voice to to do the games on the telly that match with you know with the guys on um on sky who you know they knew what they were going to get basically and i i got i was lucky enough one night that we were at hove and we did a game and, and i got approached and, and asked whether i would be interested in in sort of doing some stuff um i think they'd used i think they tried to use some um celebrities that or well-known voices you know or people that you know people could relate to but the problem was they didn't have the cricket knowledge mm. um which is obviously a huge factor <laughs> because you do not want to be saying something that people end up laughing at and you know the crowd straight away lose any respect and i was very fortunate i got picked up um and i did a, uh, my first game for effectively for the ucb was a, a t20 quarter final at grace road when Obviously, Leicester were a very, very good side at that time in, in, in that format of the game. And, and I did that, and then from the following season started doing that. So I was always involved. And then um, Johnny Dennis, who I can't speak highly enough of, uh, a great voice and a great person who did Lords for many years at England. And I think I'd probably done five, four or five years of T20 and I went to a test match and sat with Johnny and learned more from him in shadowing him for a, a few few games than I learnt from any other teacher about pace and delivery. You know, and I look back at my early stuff and I cringe at, you know, the, the, how I uh, used to do things. But he was a great teacher. So I'd kind of, I, uh, basically when Johnny was, um, Johnny was carrying, it was 2013 and we got the Champions Trophy that year. And I was, we got the Ashes, and I think we played New Zealand in the early series, and Johnny fell ill during the New Zealand series. And I was due to do the Champs Trophy anyway, because of the amount of travelling involved. And unfortunately, Johnny fell ill. Um, and basically, during the Champs Trophy, it became apparent he wasn't going to be able to, to, to do the Ashes. So there I was, you know, 
basically my first test match was the test match at Trent Bridge in 2013, which was a fantastic game. It was the one where Ashton Agar very nearly got oh, um, right, Australia yeah. Yeah. Uh, back from a dead position. I went to day five, lunch was delayed, massive crowd, great weather, and it was one of those games you look back and you think, well, do you know what? This, for a first test match and for, for a game, you know, what a game to sort of remember because it it was a great great finish. Um, but it was it was one that was it was a, it was a busy summer and, and Johnny was uh, Johnny recovered and was then able to carry on doing Lords for a couple of years. But it was quite apparent that because of his condition he couldn't travel. So I kind of finished the year doing the internationals and then that winter they went through like an audition process where you know they said to me, look, you're going to be involved, but obviously we have to now put it out there to see what's around and I said yep absolutely no problem whatsoever and the next year we had like an audition process um and you know seven years on somehow I'm still involved so <laughs> very fortunate but it, it was uh, the process of going to a test match on three or four occasions um and just sitting with Johnny you know knowing him um and and just learning from him um, was a great advantage as, to be honest, was doing the T20 because I'd travelled the grounds, I got to know everybody involved, you know, some great people around the circuit, some great, we have great fun, great, you know, great banter, and, and for me, that's part of it and what makes it. So it was good. Now, I've got to take you back to last summer. Yeah. Um, and obviously, well, first off, let's go with the World Cup final. Yeah, fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, it was just, uh, just incredible and it was uh, just, you had to. I had to keep telling myself that I was working, <laughs> and I think the thing was as well the emotions. Um, I'll we'll perhaps come on to the presentation because the presentation was quite amusing afterwards. Uh, it, was a, it was a great line on that. But the I was kind of getting myself prepared for the presentation, so I got myself prepared that New Zealand were going to win from the position England were in. Mm. Um, I then got myself in the position that England were going to win. And then I kind of got myself in the position that New Zealand were going to win again. It was like a, it was like such a flip flop, but it was great. I mean, it was a fantastic game. And as always, you, I always say this: so many live events that the emotion and drama in that ground, you know, people on their feet. I think. I don't think Lords have been like it. Absolutely, it was just amazing, electric. I mean, I, we, we've joked since. I think there were more people passing out on that afternoon, late before <laughs> that we cared for than it had been in the last ten years at Lords. You know, um, but no, it was it was it was an amazing experience. It was fantastic, and obviously, I was very proud. Probably the proudest moment of my career when we did the presentation, which went to I think eight billion people. Mm. Um, you know, with with um, me doing the trophy lift, which I was very proud of, because obviously to win for the first time and that will always be seen um and yeah there's always that sort of feeling well i haven't really achieved that much in life but that's one thing that i will do you know yeah exactly exactly do you manage a few beers afterwards well we did but the problem i tell you the problem was we had we it had been such a long road and i think you remember there'd been we'd been delayed because we'd had rain in the morning so, this, as always, the scheduled close of play, which I think was probably about 6.30, ended up being 9 o'clock after everything. <laughs> and I can't remember, I was flying back abroad the following morning. So, because we'd had um, three weeks or whatever on the road, or even longer, six weeks on the road, um, I'd had uh, a special birthday during that time. 25. So 
Uh, I was going to say, I only look 30, so that's not what I look like, but I was actually 40. But um, in terms of it, I'd, I'd basically not celebrated my birthday, so uh, I went abroad on the Monday and had an early flight, so I had to get away. <laughs> so Steve Watts, um, who's uh, the other voice that you often hear, who does the T20 games a bit more now. Um, and I, who's, Essex Race uh, goes will know him because he does uh, the Chelmsford Race Course as well, doesn't he? He does, absolutely. He's, uh, he's involved with racing. Um, and he's, he does uh, Chelmsford, uh, Lingfield, and he also does a bit of Kent as well. And Steve and I have become good friends over the years, and we did go and manage and, and had a quick glass of something. But it wasn't what you'd imagine it might have been. <laughs> and if we'd stayed in the hotel for another night, it certainly wasn't the night it would have been. But uh, we, uh, we both had to move on. And, but it was, it was, it was a, a, you know, a fantastic occasion and one that you, know, you look back on very, very fondly. Can I, just, um, can I just wind you back a little bit? Um, yeah. And a point that you made earlier on, which I've just sort of made a note of, is that um, when you're doing red ball cricket, whether it's a county championship game or whether yeah. it's a test match, um, the whole... Uh, I think the announcer kind of epitomises what the game is, that your delivery is very calm and measured and sort of factual almost, you know. Very much so, yeah. The new batsman is Joe Root. Yeah. Uh... And it's very unemotional and whatever else. When you're switching from that to doing banger racing at Ipswich, which obviously yeah. is going <laughs> to require a very, very different um, <laughs> yeah. delivery, do you find it very easy just to slip into a different mode of, 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 um, of announcing or... Yeah, I think over, that's that's just something that's come with experience over the years. You know, I could be somewhat say I've probably done this too long now, but I think you, you, you just... You adapt to the situation... And, and I think actually it doesn't even have to be as extreme to, to banger racing. I think if you, the way that T20 is presented now, um, you know, you look at finals day. I mean, I was lucky to do 12 finals days, I think. Um, from doing a, a championship day to doing a blast finals day mm. or a big, a big one day international, particularly at Edgebaston, which is always a fantastic atmosphere, working with the music. You know, I mean, you know, you guys involved with radio, you'll, you know, you'll be aware of, you know, you know, in and out of the music and doing things, and it's the same sort of thing. And with that, and and it's it's it is being out to adapt to having, as you say, the slow pace confined, and particularly at Lords. Lords is a great example because at Lords, um, you know, it's a lot more well spoken, it's a lot more clear, and again, you have to be a little bit slower and clear and concise because. The speaker system is so much bigger and it's going to more people and it's going to further sections of the ground so you're speaking very concise can you give us your lord's voice yeah exactly i mean it was uh, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't put it on too much but you know <laughs> but but <laughs> i halfway went there but you know it's it's um actually it was quite funny because when i did the good morning and welcome to lords today and yesterday it was actually a few people said they got quite emotional because obviously they've missed it yeah, so much. And it yeah, was, it's a uh, big part it, of the whole day out, yeah. Yeah, it is, and it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's one of those little small things, isn't it, which, which means a lot to so many people. But um, I think, going back to the original question, it comes with experience. Um, and now, it seems weird to say, but you just don't think about it. You just do the job which is required on the day, you know. Um and you, you just you just adapt to those conditions um 
but I don't know. I, I, you know, I say almost make out it's easy, and that sounds big-headed and wrong. But it's just like no, but it isn't. It's it's just someone that gets used to something in a job. You know, it's like if you're cutting hair. You know, whether you're shaving a your hair or whether you're doing a, a deep, you know, a deep trim cut, whatever, you just do it, and you 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 can just do it naturally after a time. Yeah. Um, but that, to be honest with you, that is one of the hardest things about the job. You know, that is one of the hardest things to get in the first place. Um, I remember as a kid, fifteen, sixteen, that you know, fourteen, thirteen, when I was young and I first started going to cricket, my whole process was why aren't we being given this information? I mean, it was a different generation then, but yeah. why aren't we getting the 50s? Why aren't we getting bowling figures? You know, why aren't we making special things? Um, you know, um, tonight, Sam Cook, when he came off the field, I announced his Pfeiffer as if I would normally, and everybody around the reaction, they all, everyone went mad for him. Huh. That's a special moment for him at Lord's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, just as it was um, for Somerset earlier with a century. And, uh, and those things, you know, I always say that I can't do a lot in my in my job, but I always try and enhance the product. It's not about me. It's not about what we do. It's what about the players or the drivers or, you know, whoever we're doing. But if we can enhance and make something special out of something and improve the day for, for somebody, then we've done our job. So I've got to ask, favourite test match? Was it, was it last summer by any chance or was there one that topped it for you? <laughs> Well, I mean, the first one, as I said, was very special, but obviously Headingley last year was just incredible. Um, and apart from the fact that it took me a while um, to forgive Stokesy because I'd already booked a ticket back on the, uh, <laughs> that morning to go back to Sussex. But, uh, no, it was just phenomenal, wasn't it? I mean, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. And it was one of those... It's one of those... And for anybody that's been watching cricket for a long while, there are certain times where you just think this isn't going to happen this isn't going to happen <laughs> and then as gradually it starts to happen you don't you don't want it you don't want to let yourself believe it's going to happen because you don't want the disappointment of just falling short <laughs> <laughs> and actually i mean obviously one of the big things we've done and I, I touched on the world cup was obviously i do the presentations which go out on the world feed so and there's not a lot to be gained by that because obviously if I make a mess up of that then I'm going to get <laughs> absolute grief. Whereas no one's going to turn around and say, "Yeah, did well there, boy." Um, and that was one occasion where I actually had to go, um, went to the bathroom, wash my face, and basically pulled myself together because I'd lived it. Because you do care, you know, you do no, care as, as time goes on. Obviously, yeah, slightly difference in things, but you obviously want the guys to do well and particularly guys that you get on with obviously you know brett from his time where you know when he works at essex he'll know that you you get on better with play certain players and obviously you want them to do well and, and and that obviously is a key factor as well but with england of course in that situation against australia you only want one result um but yeah it's got to be that but there's been there's been some really really great moments over the years and some you know memorable ones that you know even if i finish now which hopefully I won't. Yeah, I'll remember for a long time to come. You know, what is the future? What's what's next up for uh, for Graham Woodward? Well, I'm doing. Uh, I've been asked to host uh, next Thursday's um, quarter final for Sussex Lancashire, which will be online. So I'm going to be uh, hosting that quarter final, um, which I'm looking forward to. Obviously, doing these um, five days uh, with the Bob Willis Trophy. 
and then obviously moving on hopefully we'll still be required to do you know test matches the odd odi and uh, a few games here and there plus obviously carrying on at lords which i enjoy very much and down at sussex you know where i started um we've actually got the national banger world final uh next saturday wow which um sadly now looks like taking place behind closed doors what, but what, we'd be d- what can people see that on uh, so there's a, we, we basically have uh, formed a new channel which is called Speedworth TV, which um, we'll be covering lots of events live. Um, I do a, a weekly magazine program on there, which is now at a half show on a Friday night. Which what was we it, Speed, Speedworth? Speedworth TV, and it's, right. it, when, when people think speed as in S-P-E-E-D, it's actually S-P-E-D-E. Um, worth TV, but yeah, I've got heavily involved in that this summer. It's been it's been nice, and it's been actually like relief because, like the cricket, I've I've done that all my life, and I've been able to go out and do some interviews with some old drivers and some old characters, um, and that's that's proved Touchwood quite popular, um, so much so I got a, a second series of the show that I did, which starts next week um, with a with a national banger world final special. But it's not it's not just about national bangers. You know, we have the national hot rod formula which is very much like Euro cars, um, cars you see, you know, on the long circuits. But it's it's a it's a great thing because that racing, um, you know, sadly, you know, near your arena Essex closed not yeah, that long yeah. ago. Yeah. Um but but where they race, the you know, the beauty of it is it's uh, you can see such a variety of formulas on an oval in front of you and you can you know you can get hot rods you can get bangers you can get expensive cars you can get you know your, your cheap rubbish so they still get you the know, crazy ones uh with destruction derby hmm. um yeah we still have destruction <laughs> derbies i mean it, it, it's amazing actually how things have, have gone over the years and obviously health and safety now is such a key factor in all sports um, but no, it, it still happens, and it's still you know a great day. Out. And I always say to people, a lot of people still don't know it exists. You know, we've got a track down in Sussex at Arlington, um, where the Eastbourne Eagles used to, you know, did their speedway. Uh, we've done stock cars there, and it's where again I learned an awful lot growing up on the mic. And you know, people say to me, oh, "I used to go there when I was a kid. Does it still happen?" I yeah. said, "Yeah, yeah, very much so." And, and and that's the thing, and it's it is still hugely popular. Um, you know our big our big events. You know that if times were different, we'd have ten thousand people at Ipswich next week for that world final. Um, so hopefully there'll be quite a few watching watching on the on live on the channel. So that that'll be uh, good. No pressure. And you saw and, the oh, numbers for the ECB stream yesterday on YouTube or the Sky stream on YouTube. Yeah. Well, this is this is the thing. When I spoke to somebody today it? about hosting their quarterfinal, I you know. Um, I said, "Well, Fee, how many how many figures? How many people are going to be watching this? It's you know." And when he said, "Yeah, it's massive, isn't it?" I mean, two hundred and thirty-nine thousand yesterday. Yeah, the, the stream. And I, I think there was. I heard talking to our friends at Middlesex. They had a stream which had seven hundred on, seven hundred thousand on wow. at one point. And it's just, it's just incredible, but it, it's great because it shows you know the love of the the game at whatever level you know. It's nearly as popular as our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very nearly. Getting not, there. not quite. Uh, Graham, what can we say? Thank you. Taking loads of your time up. Go, go and warm up a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, enjoy the rest of Lords. I will. I will. Uh, and, uh, and for you guys, I will be hoping that Essex perform very very well. Uh, we, 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 we've, we're it's firmly neutral up. as long as we see some good cricket and exactly. Essex win, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure talking to you, Graham. Pleasure. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Keep well. Cheers.